Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we got Elijah Rubin with yes. Wynn and Young Millionaire Society. And he's here to share how he sold over 750 properties for more than 250 million in sales volume. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Train, broker and owner of Stunning Homes Realty and co-founder of the OfferFast app, the one app you need for wholesaling. And I help people become real estate entrepreneurs. If you're excited for today's show, please give me some waves, uh, give me some thumbs up. And before we get started, I started this show because I wanted to give back to our community. Uh, I've struggled before. You were telling me you started this 14 years ago. I'm sure there were some struggles along the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we want to shortcut that struggle for as many young leaders as possible. So I don't charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask. Here's the cost to you. If you get value out of the show, please tell a friend. Either tag a friend below, share this episode right now, or tell them your best takeaway from today's episode. That way we can all grow together. Don't forget, this is a live show, so please post your questions for Elijah to answer. And are you ready? I'm ready. Let's All right, we'll start real simple. What got you into wholesaling? What got me into real estate wholesaling? Well, um, time, go back many decades ago. <laughs> no, um, this is back in 04. My sister was working for an ex-football player. Mm -hmm. His name, um, And at the time, I, I worked at every call center in Arizona at, at one time, right? And so I remember that he was, um, during the off season, he was collecting money from his football buddies and he would buy properties at the auctions. Oh, so, wow. I, so I just got done reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm all grooved up. I'm ready to do something with the entrepreneur side. And I, uh, my sister introduced me because my mom is from Trinidad and his wife was from Trinidad. So she introduced me to him. I was started buying properties and looking for property deals. And he introduced me to the whole world of you could buy properties, auctions, start wholesaling deals. Didn't quite know how to do wholesaling as he was paying me $1,000 to, to buy a property at the auctions. Long story short, bought the first one after like four or five months. And after I did that first one, oh my goodness, I started reading everything I can about it, really locking in and then, um, Probably about two months after that, um, he stopped answering the phone. He stopped taking the calls. I mean, completely ex-girlfriend treat me. It's just ghost <laughs> me, right? I'm like, oh. I mean, because my sister got fired because I guess the older Trinidadian didn't like the younger Trinidadian being around anymore. Yeah. So I got fired. And so at that time. Go by association. Exactly. I'm like, but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy. What do you mean? So yeah. I, th I thought I was going to be fine. Yeah. Wasn't fine. So I end up finding, um, I used to, back in the day, I used to take the Arizona, um, Arizona Republic uh, newspaper, and every Sunday I used to circle the fourth sale by owners, mm -hmm. and they used to be like six, seven pages. And so from there, I went and got, um, I circled. Uh, that's how I created leads. Got a hold of one person, this lady in East Valley, and um, I went back down to the auctions where I bid, I outbid a couple investors. I'm like, if I find a deal, can I bring it to you? Not quite understanding the whole dynamics of wholesaling, but um, I got one lady who said agreed to sell, and she decided to. Um, she said she was willing to sell it. Called my investor. He said he was willing to buy it and got that first deal done. And after that, it lights out. So you're tying up for sell by owners. Yeah. First one. Selling them to investors. Mm -hmm, That's the first one, East Valley. This is 2005 ish. Yeah, exactly. At the end of 2004, beginning 2005. Yeah. Wow. So mm -hmm. there were still opportunities on it for sell by owners. Yeah, because everybody during that time, the market's going up and up and up. Yeah. So people are just waiting for um, Everybody thought they could sell it on their own. Mm -hmm. We don't need a realtor. So, hey. I negotiated it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, so you had that rise 2005, but then obviously things took a shift at some point. Yes. And so before I got into um, 
doing sales. I, well, I did um, during high school. I was doing concert promotions, mm -hmm. and so when I was doing club promotions, um, I used to have a street team. So the street team, I had like 15 guys passing out flyers, and so yeah, you get you pass out 10,000 flyers. You might have 500 people at the club. Club promotions. We're talking Scottsdale. Yeah, Scottsdale, West Valley. I remember at the time, I'm only like. 20 years old, but I'm still, you know, negotiating my way into clubs. You're already hustling. <laughs> yeah, I'm already hustling. I'm finding wild ways to create create more opportunities for myself, right? Yeah. So after cashing out that first check, things are going good. I'm doing deals. I'm making the money. I'm burning it as fast as I'm making it. Then because I'm half Jewish, right, uh -huh. my yarmulke started tilting. <laughs> so I knew the market was going to shift. I knew it was coming. I just didn't know what to do. Right. So this is around like 07, 08, right before 08 happened, started slowing down. So I told some of my guys who I used to be on my street team, guys, hey, come over here. The market's going to shift. We'll start door knocking. And so I made my own door knocking team, about five guys. I started door knocking knowing the market was going to shift. And I was absolutely right. 08, the market started collapsing. And that's when we really started going after uh, pre-foreclosures and short sales. Mm -hmm. So what were you doing with all the short sales? So what I, I should have known a wonderful man named Steve who did, was killing the short sale game back in the day, I, which I didn't. Um, so I was giving a lot of my short sales to this guy, Dan. Oh, Dan Shark. Sharpen, sharking. It's been many years since I had talked with them, but um, I was feeding him a lot of my short sales. Do, started doing a lot of loan modifications. Yeah, that was a bad idea. <laughs> that was a different time. <laughs> yeah, different time. Took a lot of time and effort. Headaches all the way around. So uh, we were joking about this earlier, but you saw that I promoted. You know, check out the baby face assassin of wholesale. <laughs> You're telling me when you were up in uh, San Francisco, what were people saying? Yeah, so people walk up to me like, hey, are you Steph Curry? Like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, I'm Steph Curry. You know what? I need a donation. I need a donation. You got some houses to sell? <laughs> so, just yeah. Gotta, just got to trim this up a little bit. Just got to trim it up a little bit. Depends if he's injured, then he grows it out a little bit more, you know? Right. <laughs> so how did you end up this niche? Because I had people say, you know, uh, for a while now, you got a, you got a burnt house. Call Elijah. <laughs> how did you end up in that niche? So, um, how did I become the fire damage king? Yeah. So, well, this probably goes back about four years ago. Um, so, I'm doing a lot of, my father was uh, um, a labor law lawyer. And so, he worked with the National Labor Relation Law. And so, I started telling him, hey, Dad, when you decided to be done with this, Become a probate attorney. Like, like we're Jewish. We don't we don't retire the, uh, our knowledge. Like, let's leverage the knowledge. So he's like, okay. So let me think about it. Let me think about it. So I knew I had to learn more about probate deals. Mm -hmm. So I started talking to more probate attorneys about opportunities. Well, I started realizing those probate deals were sitting vacant. And then so I started doing a lot more city violations. Where those city violations were probate, but a lot of those end up on fire because people was I mean houses sit vacant for a while. People go in there and cook up their meth, cook up whatever they're cooking in there, and house catch on fire mm. so i'm asking like i started looking around like who buys these things and nobody was buying these so I'm like, oh, the yarmulke started tilting again i'm like ah i got i got a lane here with not a lot of people in there so i started i got with a couple claim adjusters mm. i got with a couple of restoration companies start picking their brains and start understanding that when a fire happens well, I mean, you got so many people come out to these houses. You got the board up people. You got the fencing people. You got the restoration people. You got the um, the demolition people. Then you got the firefighters, your insurance people. These people are shell shocked. That's like one of the worst tragedy a family can happen. And you got nine people hawking on them. Well, I realize there, there's only there's no one person that's kind of organizing all these pieces. These are all different vendors. People mm -hmm. come together. So I started to realize that I could go after these properties. Not only can I buy the property, but I can help add value to the client 
I not only give them all the resources and tell them who these people are and use my ref my referred people, mm -hmm. but I found out that there's insurance money part of it. Mm -hmm. And insurance money, oh, that's like, that's part of the secret sauce because the insurance companies only give them a fraction of what's really owed to them. I could go back and get them additional money that was really owed to them on top of them keeping all that originally was paid to them. Plus, I'm able to get additional money that they didn't even know was going to be available to them and, and give them part of uh, for a profit share together with it. So you're, you're fighting on behalf of the homeowner against the insurance company. Exactly. Right? I'm able to be um, a citizen's champ. I guess I get to be there, you know, their Rocky Barboa, go round for round with insurance companies. And because a lot of times, 85% of the time, they're only getting 85% of the money that's mm -hmm. owed to them. And if you look at a house that might be appraised for 100000 if you look at that appraisal, the cost to build approach is 150000 mm -hmm. A homeowner doesn't know that, how a cost to build approach even works or how does that play in their negotiations. Right. So they might give Mr. Smith only 80000 I could go back in there like, hold on a second, you owe Mr. Smith 150000 And if you saw during the 08, during the Great Collapse, AIG, they can't go under. They're too big to, too big to fail. Mm -hmm. So it's never the dollar amount that matters to insurance companies, only how long that claim stays open. And so once I realize that, my adjuster knows that, I bring my claim adjuster to the table, he keeps 50% of any new money he finds, and I get 50% of what he finds, mm -hmm. he captures. If he doesn't get a red penny, they don't pay him a dime for his time, so it's no cost to the client. So he does a forensic audit. Mr. Smith used old 80,000. Well, hey, you really owed 150000 That additional, what's that, additional $70,000 that's left off the table, we're going to capture that for you. He goes and negotiates with the claim adjuster. Only one in five family members even uses a claim adjuster. Mm -hmm. So they realize, hey, we'll, leave this, we'll litigate this all year if we have to. Remember, if they have too many open claims, their insurance gets downgraded, mm -hmm. and that's how they go out of business. So they'd rather just pay this, make it go away, and make it up on the other four suckers who are just going to listen to whatever they say. Or take whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's just say... I am not in Phoenix, right? Because uh -huh. Elijah's the king of Phoenix. Sure. Stay out of stay out of nah, Phoenix. This is more than enough. There's abundance for all of us. But let's just say I'm in Dallas. Okay. Right. And I want to start I want to be the fire guy okay. in Dallas. What do I do? So what you do, what you want to do is a couple different things. Now, mm -hmm. different states have different um, policies with regards to insurance claims and, and understand insurance money is a big piece of this. A lot of people don't know how to operate around there. Um, however, just to go ahead and go after, one thing I would do if I was going to give somebody advice to start becoming the fire damage king in their state, right? Mm -hmm. um, what I did, because these aren't as easy lists to get as I could just go and get a pre-foreclosure list. Yeah. These are hard to get. Sometimes certain counties you might be able to get what's called incident reports. Mm -hmm. But even those, sometimes they, they uh, crop blank out the address. They make it very difficult. Why well, I like this niche, because not everybody can just hop in. All right. So what I did is this. What I recommend everybody else there listen to, this is something easy to do. Costs a couple of dollars to start with. But I, I learned this from my promotional years. People do business with people they like. Right. All right, so make yourself more likable. Well, when a guy takes a girl out to dinner, she likes them, right? Because you pay for dinner. Yeah. Same type of mindset. So I'll take three restoration company guys all to dinner all together at the same time. Oh, okay. Three board up guys all at the same time. Three fencing guys all at the same time. Because at the end of the day, I don't see competition. We're all comrades servicing the same community. Mm -hmm. And so if they, you're already talking to my client for me. So because you already have the phone number, the address, you're already talking to you, they trust you and are already dealing with you. If they don't want your services, if they don't have the insurance to cover your services, or if they elect to go a different route, refer them to you and if you end up buying the property building a consulting fee for them and make right. it a win-win and that's how i'll start right off the bat okay uh, anything else? Um, another thing I would do in addition to that, um, there's also ways you're able to go and uh, connect with some other private uh, and public 
uh, claim adjusters mm -hmm. because they are also talking to other other people as well. At the same time, sometimes their insurance doesn't, they're going to know more on the insurance side. If the insurance doesn't plan out, there's going to be a motivated seller. <laughs> and so if you can build a relationship with those people specifically, they're going to give you a good source of ongoing deals that you constantly come and you can go to um, adjusters. Uh, basically, there's claim adjusters like board meetings, mm -hmm. quarterly meetings, and just make relationships. All right. Um, and then there's a book that you wrote about mm -hmm. firehouses. Yes. So I, how to survive, how to survive a fire damaged property. And so what that's more for, that's not really for uh, all my real estate young gurus out there. It's not really for teaching how to get into the niche. No. It's really kind of position me as an expert. So I give this to the homeowner. Well, that's what I was going to say. If you are okay with it, that's the blueprint. Yo. Take Elijah's book. White label it. Change the change the content to what's applicable to your area. Mm -hmm. Give that to the homeowner. One hundred percent. You're if, the authority. What, yeah, exactly. Once you're able to get out in front of the homeowners, for sure. And you're more than welcome to reach out to me. And anything I ways I could be a blessing. I, I'll operate from the mindset of each one teach one. So if I could give the value and give the knowledge, and they create opportunity, you generate some additional deals. You know, send me a testimonial letter, right? That's all I need, but for sure. Because once they know that you're a voice of authority mm -hmm. and there's gonna be very few people in this in this in this space that's gonna tell them all the various pieces they could connect together, they're gonna know you, they're gonna like you, and they're gonna refer other people to you. Right. And I think the power of branding, of being the guy, I mean, we can't talk about anything I, I can think I can't think of anything off the top of my head that's more niche than firehouses. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's a fiery proposition. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I still think you should go with what I was talking about earlier about the King of Crisp. But, King of Crisp, all right, King of Crispy. <laughs> uh, so the other thing is we were talking about, you know, the testimonials and the giving back. You put out there in the universe, I want to have a big deal in 2018. Yes. And then you just did it. Yes. Let's talk about that. Okay. So, well, we had... Um, well, being around some of the, you know, the, some of the other titans in this industry. I mean, Arizona is a real estate a guru capital. Here yeah. in Florida, we got a lot of them out here. Right. But then there's real players who are really doing it, like Carlos, like Sal, mm -hmm. and Alex. I mean, the, the all-in family. They're really getting to numbers. They're doing numbers. And then um, there's this group called Seven Figure Flip Group. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we went to a mastermind. And just being around people who are getting numbers to that next level, it just, just makes you know that you're able to do it. Now, don't get me wrong. Selling $250 million worth of real estate, doing 750 deals, I'm happy. I'm proud of it. No question about it. However, I more than willing did a third of the deals and make double the money. I don't want yeah. to, like, have to work how hard I had to work <laughs> to get those deals. So just seeing people knocking two, $300,000 deals, knock them out at a time, I'm like, whoa, right, what am I doing wrong here? Right. So I decided at the beginning of the year, like, all right, Elijah, you have the ability, you're, you're uncanny closer, you're able to make relationships, you can find hard deals. Let's use your skill set for bigger deals. You have to do at least uh, at least one six-figure deal this year and then, and then beyond. So I started to get into land developments. I knew land developments was a big piece. I saw other investors that knock numbers out. I like the creative ways of structuring, come very creative thinking and deal structuring. So I, I decided, I reached out to a couple of my investors. I asked them, hey, who do you know who's really big in land developments? Well, I have this one guy, uh, Jack Martin, used to be a big investor with Bakerson Investments out here, big investor. Um, he only does mobile home parks now. That's all he does, doesn't touch any wholesaling, he even blew up. So he's like, yeah. that little stuff we don't touch anymore. I'm like, no cool. Time for, no time for the small stuff. Yeah, bring it here, I'll <laughs> take those crumbs, bring it over here. Yeah. So he ended up connecting with this engineer, and this engineer, John, him and I met at the beginning of the year, we went back and forth. So after talking for a while, I'm telling him like, John, I'm a closer, 
give me your hardest deal that you ever, like you had, that you know you have a guaranteed buyer for. I want you to have a builder for it, but give me the hardest deal that you can't close and let me work my skill set. She's like, oh, I got one, I got one for you, Elijah, here you go. So he tells me about this 10 acre deal off 11th, um, 11th Avenue in Southern. Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, he closed on a 10 acre deal and sold it to this builder. And so he's been chasing this deal for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. Now he's saying it's a Chinese family that they won't negotiate. And every time they negotiate, it keeps going up and up. I'm like, hey, I'm half Jewish. I'm used to hard negotiations, all right? So I'm fine for it. So I end up, I'm like, um, give me as much detail as you have on it. We went back and forth. I got the phone number. I skipped Trace him. He's been calling this lady's um, work number. I got her cell phone number. Mm -hmm. So I ended up talking with her. I was gonna. I, I was gonna. Um, I paid for a massage for her. I built relationships. <laughs> I wanted to add value first. People do business with people they like. Right. So we talked about her, um, her accounting business. We talked for almost three months straight, me and her. Mm -hmm. Then she finally passed. She's like, "All right, Elijah, I like you. We're willing to sell the property. We still haven't talked price. Three months already." Building building rapport with her, then she connects me with her brother. Now there's five ears now, so I had to talk to all the other family member. They wanted 1.2 million. We went back and forth. I finally got them down to 800 thousand. So I got him down to 800,000. I went to uh, the engineer, the engineer, John, he went back and he re, um, he looked at how many lots we could get, about 50 lots subdivision out of it. We turned around, we sold it to one of his builders for 975,000. And so we made $98,000 on the deal. So 2,000 2, less than 100 grand, but hey, I, I'm, I'm counting as my six figure deal. It's not six figures, why are we talking about Oh, oh, oh you know what? <laughs> but, but let me tell you why it wasn't, because I took 3,000 on my side, that guy, Jack Martin, yeah. who connected me with them, never said he wanted anything out of it. I took three grand out of my out of my side and I sent him a cashier's check for three thousand dollars. Use on my appreciation because if you invest those little seeds, mm -hmm. that's, that's one person you gave me. Right. Look how many more people you can send me if you just go above and beyond. So I would have made a hundred and one, but I only made ninety eight on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and but because of that, I mean you and I were talking about a deal. We were talking about a deal before we walked in here. Mm -hmm. You know, I got this piece of land. Well it's a house, but pretty much land. Sure, sure. I saw <laughs> some of the pictures. <laughs> yeah. So you know, because you're doing this, mm -hmm. there's more opportunities. Absolutely, arise as well. Uh huh. Um, and then we were talking about uh, incredible follow-up. So we we're we were talking about success story earlier. Talk about that one. So follow-ups. Oh man, and I think that's one of my. Uh, I think my two of my superpowers of my my polite persistence, mm -hmm. my critical thinking ability, and my follow-up game is mean. I mean, I'm talking about because I. And for all you guys starting out there, this is a very good gem. Gem alert, gem alert, all right? Um, be willing to take the L up front. When I say be willing to take the L up front, be willing to take the loss. Let other people say face, oh, it's my fault. The phone hung up, you know what? Knowing that they hung up on me, mm -hmm. I'll call them right back like, oh, I'm so sorry my phone hung up on me. I never would want you to think I'd be rude or disrespectful and just hang up on you like that. I, pull, I have great upbringing, just like you. I apologize, I apologize. Yeah. And so I'm willing to cover dinner first. I'm willing to buy whatever whatever I need to take first L to let people know like, hey, I'm willing to invest into a relationship first. Mm -hmm. So be willing to take the L. So if you're willing to take the L and you're going into every Every relationship, every opportunity. Hey, if I have to cover it first, cool. I'm already know I'm going to do that. So in the follow-up side, what I end up doing, I had this lady. I had a guy from. Um, he works with the city. He sends he sends me referrals of people he's about to put city violation on because I've been doing these for so long. He's like, you buy all these, let me just start sending them to you, and we work out a small little relationship. Yeah. And so um, what he ended up doing, this lady, about a year and a half ago. All right, she has a property. We go back and forth. We're talking about the property. I'm calling her like at least once every other week, talking about it. Then she's like, hey, I have a, I have a really bad pinched nerve. I'm gonna be down for about three weeks. Call me back in three weeks and we can talk about the property. Like Just like clockwork, I call back in three weeks. What's she do? 
She sells the property. I'm like, I've been calling you for six months, talking to you for six months. But you know what? It's my fault because I should have called you every two weeks, not every three weeks. Yes. So because I didn't do that, and you still have that pinch nerve, I sent her a massage, got her a massage at Massage Envy. And because of that, she felt, but she's like, wow, you didn't get mad again. You didn't throw a hissy fit on me. She's like, okay, well, I have another property. I was a neighbor of this lady. And she, and because we were neighbors for so long, she made me the personal representative of her estate. So she's like, she's willing to sell this one, but she's not ready yet. So I literally follow up once every two weeks for almost mm. another year. Wow. So this is about a year now. So I know our stories about our kids, where she's traveling to, her arthritis. We know her, her shopping schedule. So after going through all this time, she finally, this about two months ago, she finally said, all right, Elijah, I'm willing to sell the property. So I ended up getting it for about 150000 and turned around and sold it for 190000 Just wholesaling nice. it. Follow up. The follow up king. The follow up. So during the nighttime, I'm the follow up king. I mean, uh, during the nighttime, I'm the fire damage king. And during the daytime, I'm the follow up king. Very nice. <laughs> Very good. It's a good lesson for a lot of people trying to get into this business. Yeah. Right? Because it's really simple, but mm -hmm. it's not easy. It's not easy. And because it's, it's so much, uh, you have to either be organized, you have to be willing to make time for it, and you have to understand the value of, hey, even by making that phone call, that text message, mm -hmm. even if you didn't talk to them, they're seeing your effort. Right. And it's kind of like planting the seed, the bamboo tree. You might have to water it for five years, but on that fifth year, within nine weeks, it sprouts up 90 feet. Right. So it's just that mindset of just constantly watering it. So knowing what you know today, would you do anything differently? <laughs> yes and yes and yes. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for every experience learned, every loss I, I, I absorbed something from. Mm -hmm. However... I, uh, a couple of two big pieces I for sure would uh, give as far as advice to a younger me or to those out there. One, um, you don't need real estate partners. I had I, I, I had a lot of, I call it the homie management style. Mm -hmm. I had a bunch of homies who were cool with me. They didn't have skill set, they didn't have more knowledge, and they didn't have more relationships or critical thinking ability than me, but they were my friends. And because I'm making six figures a year, I'm like, well, hey, I know I figured out how this, the, the Wendy Scratchers, you, let's do them with me. Right. That didn't work. And if they don't have the right mindset, personality, you could partner up on deals, but don't partner up with people unless they have more knowledge, more relationships, or more or more skill set than you. So it's like the MC Hammer business model. Yeah, exactly. And you're broke. Right. <laughs> so that 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 piece for sure. And then the second piece I would have, I would definitely recommend, is to make sure um, because I, because I have Jewish side of me, I just did not want to invest in real estate. And so that's the reason why I'm 14 years in the business, not multi multi milled out because. I, I just don't, first five years, I put zero dollars into marketing. Mm. Zero dollars into marketing, zero dollars into mentorship. I wasn't gonna pay for it. If it wasn't free, I couldn't do it myself. Really? I wasn't doing it. And because it's, because of the way the market was, I was still making $200,000 a year. Like, who's that? Who's telling me I'm doing something wrong? Right. But it's, pseudo, it's, it's fool's gold. Because if I invested in some relationships, if I went into an event like the way All In Event is on September 21st and 22nd, <laughs> if I went to events like this and learned real knowledge and mm -hmm. real skills and paid for mentors, I would expedite my learning curve. So it took me a long time to learn uh, one way and then I was learning the wrong way and I was doing things the slow route. So invest in marketing, invest in yourself, as you can get double the return. You just won't see it at first, but right. or else you can spend 14 years and still and still on the climb up. <laughs> right? Who knows where you be today? Yeah, for sure. So if I were brand new mm -hmm. and I was looking for a mentor, 
what would you tell me? So what I would tell you, I would say I would write down all your skill sets, write mm-hmm. down one list of all your skill sets that you know that people told you your value. I like to call it your USP, mm-hmm. your unique selling proposition. Right. right when you walk in a room, what separates you from everybody that just gives you your, your own skill set. Then I would write down everything you could possibly do for an investor. I'm talking about everything. Now, you might not, because you're starting out, you might not know all the other spa- aspects, mm-hmm. but think about what would you do for your cool uncle or for that one person who you always like, wanted to hang out with? What would you do? Would you wash their car? Would you go drive and get cheesecake for them? Would yeah. you get their, their Starbucks coffee every morning? What can you do to add value first? Yeah. Find ways to add value first, because that's going to make you more valuable. And people like people, like people like doing business with people they like. Yeah. Make yourself likable. Talk about things that they talk about. Find out what books they liked about, what podcasts. Uh, send them articles. Send them interview clips. Find a way to make yourself likable. And once you're able to do that, then they're going to find more inclined to give you the more knowledge, let you take you in on meetings, bring you on uh, events. And that is hands down something I would start off if I'm brand new, want to get my mentor, Dallas could put you in a winning position. I love it. One of the things that I saw, it was in, I think, one of the groups. And the guy was like, you know, I've been getting fired over and over again. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what was going through my mind. It's like, this guy's not adding that value. It's like, I'm overqualified. No, you're just over defensive. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right? You're not absorbing whatever they're telling you. They're telling you something. If they're not using words and their actions are telling you something. Yes. You better learn. Right. What, what, what's the good saying is that um, if you don't learn to humble yourself, life will do it for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Notice the signs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're doing these Facebook live negotiations. Yes. Facebook Live negotiations, I mean, it's definitely like uh, the new technology because mm-hmm. I'm 35, but I feel like I'm going on like 68, you know, because the real estate gives you those dog years, you know, oh, gives yeah, you those yeah. dog years. And so um, shout out to Mike, Michael Powers, who worked, um, he's with the, my acquisition director with the Win LLC team and Jennifer Coronado, my operation director. They're like, Elijah, we hear you make these calls. Like what you say, these people are, are unbelievable. But I've been doing sales literally for over 20 years now. Like yeah. literally, of, I mean, 20 years. And so what I do, it just, it's natural. It's like, you go and shoot the shot, I'm shooting a shot, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, like Steph Curry, he's just, he has that muscle memory. Right. Well, I really, so I started, um, so Michael's like, Elijah, can I just put one call on Facebook Live? Let's see what type of response we make. I'm like, all right. I mean, just don't mention their whole name, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the whole address. People start taking the deals. So I, I put one on on Facebook Live and I was talking with sellers and just seeing them hang up on me. But I take the next call and seeing the interaction of everybody was like, whoa, I can't believe you said that. Whoa, you hung up and you took another phone call. You don't have to go smoke a cigarette, bro. <laughs> so <laughs> it made it where it's um, I'm humanizing this. It's yeah. not because you see these people on Instagram hopping out the jet hopping out the Maserati, just picked up a bag, closed four deals. Well, yeah, that's cool, but how am I going to get to that? Mm. This shows you, hey, you can make a phone call, next call, on to next call, put it on my level. Hip-hop instrumentals in the background. I set my own vibe. I'm having a good time. I'm laughing. I don't take it too personal. I'm on to the next one. I'm, bi- I'm making relationships every day. Yeah. And then I'm able to kind of do something like um, what one of our mentors, Eric Thomas, ET, the hip-hop preacher, he does his thank God it's Mondays while well, I'm able to give my good word of the day from Elijah, Brother Elijah, and I give him like a little, little gem, a little tidbit that they're able to add value to them. Yeah. Then I do my pre-call affirmations just so they can understand. Every time I get on the phone, I do my pre-call affirmation, and that's why I'm getting people to answer the phones, getting people locked in. And don't get me wrong, I went like 20 episodes, like no deals. <laughs> I mean, people hanging up on me. You piece of crap, how dare you make this lowball offer? But I think people like to see, am I going to get conquered or am I going to create? Right. And so they like and seeing that happen every day. And then I finally got one deal, and we knocked out $27,000 on that one deal. 
And so we have everybody go to um, watch my Elijah I. Rubin page. They get notified of the call. Well, if people are like, well, how can I connect with you more? I'm like, well, go to my consistently closing Facebook, my close group. Mm-hmm. And by um, so we went from like, 200 people in the consistently closing group. As soon as I close that $27,000 deal, I like 2,000 people go to consistently yeah. closing. They're locking in. And now we have people from all types of industry, not just only real estate. We got insurance guys, we got diamond jewelers, auto insurance guys, people because closing is closing. And right. at the end of the day, it's, it was a, it's a transfer of enthusiasm and being mm-hmm. able to go from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. All right. And I'm like a walking result that if I could do it, so can they. Well, another thing too is I think a lot of people look at the successes and we want to celebrate the successes and the checks, and that's cool, right? I mean, that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But people want the success without the pain, right? It's right? possible. So you're capturing the ninety-five percent that sucks, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for right? sure. And that's what they need to see. If they're mm-hmm. gonna try to, if they're gonna try to blow up, they're gonna try to get your success. They gotta also copy your pain, right? You have to be able to go through the pain, and that's I think what's so hard right now with the, especially with the. The Instagram world and the Facebook world, I mean, a lot of this generation, they want that microwave success. Mm-hmm. Bing! Is it ready? <laughs> like, nah, I ain't ready, man. I'm, I'm cooking this up 14 years. I'm still yeah. cooking up. And just understanding that from every call I'm learning, for every relationship I'm learning, and finding ways to correct and continue. But understand you have to go through as many no's to get to yes. Right. But, and if you're, if, you're, if you're struggling with taking no's, start putting a dollar amount to every no you take. And then, then, then that knows worth X amount of dollars. So you know, hey, I gotta get to thirty more dollars, thirty more nose, so I can make twenty thousand. Right. And so I think you shift that knowledge. But them seeing me gaining, taking the phone calls, getting beat down, and still taking on the next call, still waking up the next call is no issue. I think that's a good, a key piece to see that if I could do it, they could do it too. Right. So what would be? We were talking about the mentor, mm-hmm. but you know, again, you know, you're starting brand new. What are some things you would do today? If you're starting brand new. Some things I do today if I'm starting brand new. Great question. What I would start, I would uh, definitely go to all the meetups. I'll look mm-hmm. up uh, meetup.com. I'll go to that, whatever local RIAs you're into. Um, biggerpockets.com has a lot of uh, uh, resources to meet with other people because the three things I feel like, especially starting out, you can never have enough of. And it's, and it's across the board in any industry, but specifically in real estate pays you the most. You can never have enough knowledge. You can never have enough relationships and you can never have enough critical thinking ability. Yeah. And the more of those three you have, the more you make. So to start that out, spend I'll, I'll spend at least, I like to call it blocks of time. I'll spend at least five hours a week, blocks of time, maybe an hour a day of just learning. Cause the more you know, the more you grow. So yeah. I'll, I'll be learning, I'll, I'll learn the jargon. I'll learn how, how contracts work. I'll read other posts and I'll, I'll, how other people do marketing. And then I'll go to uh, networking events and make sure I collect as many cards as I want. And I'll set a goal of, I at least want to collect at least 10 business cards. Cause there's yeah. many, many cards you pass out. Nobody's following up with you, yeah. all right? You just started, yeah. all right? right? But you want to capture their cards because now the ball's in your court. Now you can follow up that polite persistence, all right? I send a phone call, send a text message, slide dial them if you have to, yeah. do whatever you gotta do, get in front of them. And then the next part, and this is a key part, take action. Yeah. I call it the one third, two third formula. One third of the time, you need to be learning. It's important to learn because if you don't know, you don't know what to do. However, two thirds of the time, you better be doing because you're gonna learn more from you doing than you ever do from just reading a book. Right. And so, what can you do, especially if you want that Jewish friendly budget? You don't want to spend too much knowledge. You don't know what you're doing out there. So, what you want to do? I'll I'll do what I call I have I want sessions. Mm-hmm. So I'll take those cards and I do I have this deal. I want this. What do you have? What do you want? Mm-hmm. Then I'll make sure one player every every Friday take one player out to coffee. 
You can afford a coffee. Don't do lunch. You can't. You gotta, you gotta graduate to lunch. Right? Do a coffee. That's three, four bucks. You drink a water. Pay for the coffee and pick their brain. Have your your questions pre-planned. Don't freestyle and bumble. Mm-hmm. Have your questions pre-planned so they know that you respect their time. Right. That you you mean business. That you're serious about yourself and you value their time. Then spend a seven block of time out there driving for dollars. Drive for dollars. See what opportunities you can bring to the table. And then do another thing I call, which is called Craigslist hunting. Craigslist hunting, and people think it's still dead and because of how saturated it is, but Craigslist hunting will allow you to take keywords. You take like you take a list of 15 keywords, yep. must sell, fire damage, I mean, anything that motivated sellers, and then you type those in there and you look at those two times a day. Then your goal is to get a thesaurus, and now you want to come up with 50 words to say those same words in a different way. I bought two houses, one house for $5,000 on Craigslist. I own another house I bought for 5000 on Third Street and Camelback. Wow. For five grand, not rims, a house that I rent out to this day still. And I, and I, and I'm walking with my acquisition director because I want him to create more self opportunities just outside what our VAs are providing. And so I'm like, you know what? Let me see. It's been a couple of years since I Craigslist hunt. I spent one hour, Steve, one hour. I found one seller had had two lots that we have locked up right now in escrow. Nice. So it works in this market now still, still works. So those are the three things I would recommend. Like I said, build, a, build your knowledge, go to events, and have meetings with relationships and create opportunities via Drive for Dollars and Craigslist hunting. Those are some huge gems, huge gems. So you're passionate, that much is obvious. <laughs> so this question is gonna be a little weird. What are you passionate about? Because it seems like everything. <laughs> well, I'm really, I'm, I'm really passionate about empowering others around yeah. me. I'm, I'm, in, I'm into impact over just income. Mm-hmm. As we was talking a little bit about one of our mentors, um, E.T., the hip hop preacher. Yeah. And like he's the closest thing I feel like to Martin Luther King we have of our time and current mm-hmm. presence. I mean, I remember about four years ago, I, uh, I went to one event and, and we're in the VIP back room and I'm, he's, standing across, he's standing across the room and some lady came up and they're talking and and so she she start she gave him a hug, but well, before she comes, she started to cry, but not like, oh, it's Justin Bieber's here, I'm crying, oh my god, he's famous. No. She started crying, he hugged and embraced, and it was, I don't know what they talked about, but you just saw like some type of breakthrough, some type of, I don't know, he saved some family member, or he helped um, some, uh, some uh, her relationship happen, something personal breakthrough happened, but it's the language of the heart. Yeah. He just became a heart currency. I'm like, that's the impact. That's what a Gandhi had. That's what Martin Luther King had. That's what Jesus had. These are the impact you can live on that's going to establish a legend. It makes you legendary. And I understand it's possible to be that way if you are more interested in the uh, impact and just income. Yeah. So when I see the light flick on in other people's eyes and they see that, whoa, I could do more with my life, I could have more and operate from that mindset of abundance and tricks on, I'm, I don't think there's much in life more than that piece right there. I love for sure. I can never get old of that. Are you trying to emulate that? Yeah, so I think through um, through uh, Young Millionaire Society platform, it's my wealth creation platform mm-hmm. where I'm able to help people from all walks of life uh, find the real path, find the real purpose, and help them uh, keep that light path. I mean, keep that light on their path for mm-hmm. them. And so I like to be able to help them do real estate, be able to see, hey, this is another alternative. It's just an end to your means. Yeah. I love real estate, but by the time I'm 55, I want to own my own island. I want to, and I want to have my own underwater city. I want my own cloaking device. Well, for me to do something like this with big audacious goal, I have to help impact a lot of people. So, real estate is just a platform I'm using so I can make a bigger impact and help right. and inspire and empower a lot more people. So, can I have a house on that island? Oh man, we're building a, we're building a tabernacle in your name, all right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got floating castles. We got segways to get you from wing to wing. So we got you. You're covered, all right? So, 
um, your relationship with with uh, the hip hop preacher like mm-hmm. how's how's that impacted you? So Et the hip hop preacher, um, Dr. Eric Thomas, that's been one of the biggest uh, I'll say transformations in my life because and it's really laws of attraction. Yeah, I mean because uh, I mean doing the club promotion world. I, I mean, I did everything else like society tells you. The more girls you get, the more cool you're gonna be. Uh, the more times you're out there, the, the drunker you can get, the better life is gonna be for you. And I and I experienced all that world, and I saw what it got me. Mm-hmm. It got me DUIs. It got me in be- uh, substanceless relationships. Mm-hmm. It put me in a position where I was still empty inside, and I and I didn't know what to go to and what to chase. So then when I saw um, Et the hip hop preacher. You have to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. I'm like, man, this guy has. A, He's sincere, has a lot of substance without jeopardizing his swag. I'm like, that's perfect. Oh man, I love this group. But I didn't ever think he would come out to Arizona. I didn't think that was ever happen. Well, there's a, a big uh, real estate guru in town and mm. he happened to um, be bringing him in town and, and I have not known him over the years. So he kind of took a little real estate deal for me. Not take it, but my yarmulke tilt, it, it, we were both working on trying to go after the same seller. It didn't work out. So I called him up, I'm like, hey, it didn't feel right. So can you do a personal introduction for me for ET? And uh, take me out to uh, take me out to lunch. We call it water underneath the bridge. Mm-hmm. It's like cool. Come on up. So he makes a personal introduction for me. I end up talking with his business partner, uh, who's 32, young dude, and this is the first time I ever pay for any type of speaker consulting, any type of consultant of any sort. Can you mm-hmm. remember I told you that when I promised at the beginning? I just don't like him. Imbe- uh, at that time, I didn't like investing in myself. Mm-hmm. Well, so this is the first person I did, and having him in my circle, seeing how he operates, I mean, him waking up at 3 a.m., him um, giving the 11th push-up mentality, he's a multi-millionaire, irons his wife's clothes still at this time before he leaves, he irons his wife's clothes. Um, the, the, when people just stopping and just say, hey, E.T., what you did for me in this world, I'll tell you one quick story, and this is the type of impact he had. He had a um, he has a building in um, in Michigan. Mm-hmm. He calls me up, he's like, Elijah, I have this building, I need your help. I'm like, I'm just a Trinidadian Jewish boy in Arizona. You're calling me for, you need my help? Like, whatever it is, yes, yes, whatever it is. And he's like, well, I need to, I'm going to buy this um, this building, 13 acres, 30,000 square feet. Um, they want $1.1 million for it. And I want to go um, to, uh, I want to buy it. I want to turn it into one of my churches. So he goes to Chase, tries to get it as a church. Well, they don't offer, Chase, Chase doesn't, blessings. exactly. They don't, don't, they want to foreclose on God, right? Yeah. So they don't go to the church. So he's like, Elijah, what can I do? So he ends up talking with the doctors. The doctors, all right, so there's about five doctors. One of the doctors' daughters was addicted to opiates, you know, oxycodone. It's really bad. Well, just from her watching E.T.'s videos, she never met E.T., just from watching his videos, she overcame the opiate addiction, got oh. clean, and changed her whole life. So nice. once, the, once the doctor found out that E.T. was buying it, they went from asking 1.1, they sold it to him for 600000 took a 50% discount because of the impact and the work he put in years earlier. Yeah. So long story short, he had 300000 to put down, came to me, I was able to get my dad to do a self-directed IRA and had my dad fund the deal. So now like I funded this to do the house where he went from living in buildings, eating out trash cans, now he owns his own building, doing his own charter school, having his own church out of there. So cool. extremely, so my life got a lot better having somebody like that in my circle for sure. And if you guys have not watched this um, YouTube, like go to YouTube, do a search for Eric Thomas, ET hip hop preacher, and uh, you wanna be rich as much as you wanna breathe. That's a powerful video. Yeah, no, for sure. That one right there. I think. I think oh, I forgot the name of the guy who did it. But I think it's uh, you. You want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Went like thirty million hits around yeah. the world, and that one made him viral, and that's what kind of put him on the world scene. Yeah. 
All right. So what does your organization look like today? So my organization, as of right now, um, I have my operations director, Jennifer, that she's kind of helping with overall operations and make sure that she's my integrator. Mm-hmm. If you guys haven't read the book Traction, get the book Traction. I'm telling you, I slept on it many, many years. I had it for four years. I finally impl- started implementing it like a year ago. Um, so she's my integrated operation director. I got Michael who's my acquisition director. So he mm-hmm. handles a lot of the VAs. We have four VAs in the Philippines making phone calls. We have three VAs on the um, marketing admin side to help out Jennifer. And we negotiated with my nanny uh, to make sure that we buy you know, that my office admin support too. So yeah. we have a multi, multi-prong approach there. So Very nice. So you got acquisition guys. Mm-hmm. How many acquisition guys? So we have four acquisition uh, front-end callers and one acquisition director. Okay, and these are the ones in the Philippines? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about dispositions? So dispositions, um, Jennifer right now is uh, doing both operation director mm-hmm. and some of that, but I'm handling most of the dispositions. Most people know me and call me, Logic, can I get the deal? Yeah. All right, can you negotiate that a little bit more for me? So I'll work with them. So you're, I've got a deal, I'm talking to a seller and I can't close it, I call you, this is what's happening right now? So right now, so if you have a deal and on the on the seller side, so, all right, so when you say disposition, I'm thinking if you, when you resell the property. Yeah. All right, so exactly. So, all right, so if you have a deal and you called me as a regular seller, and are you, are you saying as a seller you called me? I'm talking about as a wholesaler because right. I, I was trying to understand. Oh, the yes, exactly. All right, so if you're a wholesaler, you have a buyer that's going to sell one of our properties. Mm-hmm. And and so, yes, you would call me, Elijah, hey, can I get this for, can I, can I, do you have anything built in there for me? Mm-hmm. I a, a lot of reason why a lot of wholesalers like to move my deals, I used to build in a three to $5,000 consulting fee within my price. Mm-hmm. So, because I remember when I was wholesaling, oh, mark it up, mark it up. Well, bro, if I mark it up there and they Google it, they see I marked it up three grand, I'm never going to get another call from this guy. So I always built in fees within my price for other wholesalers. Ah, I like the way you work. Because I had the same problems too. <laughs> See? Yeah. Okay. So uh, what states are you in? So right now, I mainly do Arizona and California. Those are like the main two states I stay mm-hmm. in. However, I'm going to be ramping up going to Chicago. I got, um, through ET, have a really big investor in Chicago who's buying a lot of property, buying holds. So I'm going to be in Chicago, do a little bit of Texas, but most of the, our investors are really knocking out a lot of the Southwest right now. Yeah. So. Um, and then top lead sources. I mean, we talked a little bit about some of your referral partners. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any other lead sources? Yes. So I do some, uh, obviously, probate attorneys are good sources if you can build some relationships. And then mm-hmm. my father became official probate attorney. So I go with him to networking and invest, show him, hey, how, how to work a room, make sure you collect as many business cards. Um, and then we go through, like, you know, you have property radar, you have list source you can mm-hmm. do. Um, I organically create my own city violation list. Um, by pulling them from county recorder's office along with the probate list as well. Um, we uh, use a driving for dollars uh, link. Um, shout out to Sal and Carlos. I, I had to uh, swagger jack a little bit from them mm-hmm. um, about just marketing, letting other people know, hey, you want to be affiliate, driving for dollars, put these on there. And once I did that, we have over 250 leads yeah. that just came in just for people sending opportunities. So that's a great way to create opportunities when people know that you could close deals. So how does that work? So I'm driving around mm-hmm. and I see this house dumpy. Mm-hmm. Right, garage is kind of sitting a little funny. Yep, yep. Right, and I just text you the address. So what we do um, is, so if you see a jalopy property out mm-hmm. there, we actually take a picture of the property, and then there's a link. Um, so you, you, if you you call, you reach out to me, we we'll send you a link. You click on the link, you type in address, you type in your phone number, any notes you want to, it automatically gets added to our list. And if you buy the property, we work in a, a consulting proper consulting fee for you on every property we buy. Mm-hmm. And what's that? So it's anywhere from between five hundred to five thousand dollars, depending on what the profit margin is. Wow, that's really generous. You take care of people, take care of you. That's yeah. how you water the seeds. That's true. 
Uh, any interesting war stories? <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned that because um, Alex and I are working on something. I definitely want to talk to you about it, too. Um, we're working on we're going to be doing these uh, deals over drinks. We're going to have a couple of drinks just talking about our crazy deals and lessons mm -hmm. we learned from because all oh, 750 deals. And like I closed like 89 percent of those like that's sellers. I'm, I'm going to design signatures. So I got crazy types of all types of crazy deals. But just to give you guys one of them, I tell you one I just closed too. Um, so this deal is um, is on 7th Avenue and uh, Magnolia. So that's going to be just north of Broadway, south of the I-10 freeway. Pretty rough, pretty hood, <laughs> all right? Hood are us. Hey, the hood's been good to me. The hood's been good to me. I buy a lot of rough properties over there. That's why I did 750 of them, right? Oh, just keep driving. <laughs> just keep driving. Keep passing it. But my, old, my model is like I'll buy a house in Haiti at the right dollar amount. Uh, I don't mind my money living there because I'm not living there. Uh, but so um, – so this is a city violation lead. I got a hold of him, talked with him, seller. He's a pastor, all right? Okay. So he's a pastor. And so I, I go and talk with him. The guy's 70 years old, but he's, I mean, he's tall, pretty active. So I go to the house and there's like some, I'm not gonna call them crackheads, but the crackish. All right, so so symptoms. like the so symptoms, like not all the teeth there, you know. I mean, little, but but they but they're in the house to keep an eye on the house, not quite tennis, but keep an eye on the house. Yeah. So we're in the house and we're talking, and so I park in front of the house, and um, the gentleman, um, there's a big sign, like, "Mother effers don't park here." Well, I'm thinking like that's not a real sign. I mean, come on, like like who's gonna like that's not that's not statutes, you know what I'm saying? And I'm on the street. It's not I'm not in your parking lot. Right. I'm on the street. So him, me and the pastor are talking, and one of the the roommates <laughs> come and say hey the, the neighbor's tripping uh you might want to move your car i'm like and the pastor's like no you'll, you'll move your car when we're done talking and i'm like you're what the pastor said we're moving when it's done so we end up on um, so we're done talking we negotiate the price i go outside and so this guy has a tow he has a tow yard next door so he, he has my car boxed in so he has one tow truck on one side and other truck on the other side so i can't get out so obviously he wants to talk right? so i can't move my car so i go and knock on the, so i'm gonna go and walk over and knock on the door and this latino gentleman comes out he's like hey hey homie you don't read that sign over there you can't read i'm like hey take it easy take it mm -hmm. easy i could read but i didn't think that's a real sign no that's a real sign you need i need you to move your car i'm like hey you're a businessman I'm a businessman. I see that you got a business. I'm here trying to buy a house, and I might be your neighbor here. Now, I know that you don't want us to park there. I see what I can do to help out. Well, see, you guys are like, listen, over there, they're dealing drugs. They're doing everything over there. I'm like, the pastor? Are you sure the pastor's dealing drugs? I don't care what he's doing over there. So now at this time, Pastor Felton walks out. So he walks out, and he's like, is he messing you with you? I'm like, I'm like relax, Pastor. It's okay. Yeah. He ends up um, walking over. And he's like, he hit your car. I'm like, he didn't hit the car. It's not, it's not my nice car. This is a drive around car. It's cool. Mm -hmm. He ends up getting mad. He's like, that's not right. You shouldn't hit his car. And so now the Latino man, man is just screaming. I'm like, shut the hell up. Old man is cursing at him. I'm like, I'll whoop, you, I'll whoop you ass right now. I'm like, whoa, take it easy. Take it easy. So the pastor comes around. And so I turn around talking to this guy. Next time I turn around, I look and see the pastor. The pastor has a big old 4 by 4 in his hand about to whack the guy. So the so next thing you know, it, I, I tell the pastor, like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. So the Mexican dude pulls out a knife. Like, come on, homie. I'll gut you right here. I'll gut you like a fish. I'm like, I do real estate. What am I doing? This is not what I came up sign up yeah. for. So now the neighbors are coming out. The neighbors are coming out with... um. <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with their phones like world star trying to world star it and so everybody uh, loves world star uh, everybody loves world star so I'm like <laughs> I'm not gonna get caught but I don't wanna take I don't wanna turn my back on him he has the knife out yeah. and, and so I, I look past her in the face I'm like listen I'm about to pay you six figures for your house right now you, like don't argue with fools because from a distance people can't tell the difference so listen you you have people who depend on you yeah. I need you to walk away 
So I saw, I looked in his eye, and he finally downgraded. Mustafa, calm down. <laughs> and he ended up um, walking away, and I ended up talking to the guy, and it's crazy. The guy asked me if he could buy the building for me, like 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 three weeks later. But like, nah, I'm not selling the property. I have to, I have to gut me and gut this guy. <laughs> so we ended up buying the property for 90000 sold it for 112000 But um, I almost got stabbed and hit by a 4 by 4 Cost of doing business. <laughs> exactly. Just cost of doing business. Another day in the life. Uh, so what is your biggest struggle right now? Biggest struggle right now, I think it's uh, for a lot of us too. I think program. I think our programming gets in our way a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, how we were raised, how we thought, what we think is okay, what got you here isn't going to get you there. Yeah. So what got me to this level? I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm happy for. I still do things a lot of old school route. Mm -hmm. I won't listen fully to what my integrator says. I, I'm, I'm putting myself, I'm, I'm giving my integrator authority to fire me mm -hmm. as being a visionary and fire me because I'm essentially, my first responsibility is the owner of the company. And first owner of the company, rule number one, make a profit. Yeah. So if, my, if I'm not making profit, if I'm not doing all the things I need to do, I have to trust my integrator and follow the process. Like ET says, trust the process, don't rush the process. Mm -hmm. And I find myself always reverting back. I'll go back to sticky notes. I was a sticky note king for a little while and I'll write down sticky notes and be like no you can't do that because if I leave the if I lose the sticky notes then how can I transfer this a note to somebody else how can I pass the lead how do right. I find that information and so I see myself reverting back to that sometimes so that's something I got to tighten up uh, and what is your superpower my superpower for sure like I said I think uh, my my negotiating abilities I think my uh, critical thinking abilities I'm very creative I think outside the box I, I could I hear problems but I see solutions mm -hmm. and then I think I have the ability to connect and relate with almost anybody from all walks of life. So all the expensive skills. That's great. <laughs> try to, try to. Uh, what's the greatest lesson you've learned? One of the greatest lessons I've learned. Hmm, that's a good question. One of the greatest lessons I learned is to stop playing small. Mm -hmm. I played small because, I mean, from what society tells you, from your background, like I'm doing the properties in the hood. Like, are you, like, are you sure you can just do these nicer houses? Are you sure you can do California? And so I just, um, earlier this year, I did a, the first $100,000 deal. I didn't make 100000 but I did a $100,000 deal in California. Got out my got out my own fear, got out my own programming. Yeah. And I was able to buy the house for like 400000 in California. Turned out sold for 500000 Bought split it three ways. So be, be very intentional with what you ask the universe for. I said, I want to do a six-figure deal. No, no. I want to keep six-figure from a deal. Not right. just make it, right? But it's yeah. like a genie out there. Yeah, just rub that genie. Be very clear what you want. It's going to give you what you want. But just don't play small. Don't let your preconceived notions of who you thought you were mm -hmm. control who you currently are. Yeah, that's powerful. Uh, so what is your favorite, best, or most interesting failure? My favorite or most interesting failure? One of my, I think my, my favorite, most interesting failure would probably be when I was, um, I got several, I got several of them. I got several of them. Um, I'll go with this one. Um, I'm five years old, mm -hmm. all right? And my sister and I would take um, rocks in my mom's, uh, we'll take rocks around the neighborhood, we'll take my mom's nail polish, and we'll, we'll, we'll paint on the rocks, all right? And then we'll go and we'll sell the rocks for a dollar to three dollars to the neighbors, and my sister would manage it, help collect the rocks, and I'll go and sell them. And so even at five years old, I was selling rocks at five. <laughs> no, but those are legal rocks, legal rocks. Yeah. And so the biggest lesson I learned is to negotiate your terms up front. Yeah. Because she would pay me in candy and kept the money. <laughs> so I didn't know. And like I like give me the cash. I don't want I don't want the candy. Don't pay me Kit Kats. Give me the cash. So that's one of the first <laughs> things I learned at five years old. Know your negotiation terms up front. 
Clarify, document. Yes, document, clarify, <laughs> and make sure you have a sworn agreement. No head nod contracts. No head nod contracts. <laughs> All right. And then uh, what book have you given more than any other book? Oh, I've really been heavy on giving out traction to a lot of people, but hands down, before you get to traction, I think you have to have the mindset mm -hmm. because you can learn all this stuff, but if you don't have the mindset, it'll fall off. And I made easily $25,000 the second time I read it mm -hmm. and applied it the same year. And it's called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. Yeah. Because it just gives you an understanding how programming works. Your programming controls your thoughts. Your thoughts control your feelings. Your feelings control your actions. Your actions control your results. Your results define your legacy. If you don't like your results, your legacy, you can re-engineer it. Yeah. And change it like a dial. You can change your programming. And once I saw you could do that, it felt so empowering. And once you see it happen and you see other people around it, wow, it starts changing things around you. Yeah, it's an amazing book. Um, and then I would just add on to that too. The traction, the, my coach told me to read it two years ago <laughs> and I did, I read it. Oh, you did read it. And I did absolutely nothing with it. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, a friend of mine recommended I read Rocket Fuel. Yep. I read that one. So I read Rocket Fuel. I was like, oh, this is the same guys as traction. Let me read traction again. It's like, oh my God, how many things did I screw up by not doing these things? <laughs> For sure. But understand the value of what you're, so you're a visionary? Yeah. You see, see, but you need an integrator right. to help implement a lot of these stuff. And I had the wrong people in the wrong seats and go in the wrong direction. But because you make two, 300,000 in this society, you're doing fine. Who could tell yeah. you anything? Right. So make your adjustments. And I think the other thing too is it, it helps your integrators deal with you yes. because you and I are screwed up. <laughs> Flawed tremendously. Yeah. And, and we have the squirrel, 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 right. looking around all different objects. And if you do that whip, that whiplash, mm -hmm. that the whole team has to be, to be able to move and being able to trust your integrator to implement your vision yeah. and to fire you if need be. Right. I think that is a very big revelation. Like, whoa, okay, I gotta follow. I Because if you're the main cog in your wheel, you're the main clog in your wheel. <laughs> And, 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 that, and, and they're going to make you move. They're going to remove you from it. Yeah. I like that. Uh, so who should we, who would you like to see on the show next? Who would I like to see on the show next? You guys had some pretty good, some pretty solid people on here. Um, I think um, his name is Chris Ortiveras. Mm -hmm. um, he's in um, Entrepreneur Organization, um, the Accelerator Program with mm -hmm. me. He's a realtor, he's a builder, and he's an investor. And um, he's starting to do bigger projects. And I was just talking to him about you. As I was talking about uh, like things we were doing about your networking events yeah. you did. So Chris Ortiz, a very solid person. I'll be more than more than grateful to make a, a connection for you. All right, yeah, that's, I appreciate that. All right, so we talked about a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge, and, and, and items of value that you can definitely give to our listeners. How would they get a hold of you? Um, you can get a hold of me. There's a couple different ways. Um, one way you could go online. Um, uh, Elijah I Rubin is my fan page, and by clicking on that, you'll be notified when I make my Facebook live calls. And once I get to 100 episodes, I'm going to do them randomly because it takes a lot to do them every Monday and Wednesdays at 5:30. Um, they could go to my consistently closing group, uh, consistently closing on Facebook, and then you always can reach out to me via email, um, which is Elijah at Win W I I N. LLC. That's Elijah at win, W I I N L L C dot com. And that's the best way you're able to kind of connect with me. Awesome. And again, guys, if you like the show, please share this episode right now. And please join me next Wednesday at two o'clock. Chris Mayfield thinks it'd be a good idea to interview me. So I'm going to be nice. the subject next week. Yeah. Uh, so don't forget to uh, check it out. And then also visit the website, realestatedisruptors.com, to find out more about our upcoming events. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, sir. Appreciate, appreciate you, sir. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Salute.